All right, welcome back. Well, give a good intro. To build Nain Easy. I am giving a good intro. Welcome back. It's Friday. It's October 20th. It's October 20th. Episode, what are we on, Jack? We don't know. 20. I, that sounds small. That number sounds small. AJ. Tw- oh, after. I don't know what AJ means. He's like he's not. Oh, after Jack. Yeah, because we, before we said before Jack, but the initials were questionable. Oh yeah, so we've got to stick with AJ. Yeah. AJ, so what are we talking about? Welcome. Today? I don't. Well, can we talk about the world for a minute first? Can yes. we? Hit your trending topics. Trending here. topics because Hit it's been a week. Down. If you grew up in the '90s, this has been a week. Like, first of all, Natalie Holloway. That her so do you know anything about this? I don't. Give me the download. okay. So let me, me as my disclaimer, I am not an expert on the subject. Let well, me down just in say the comments that. below if you think Lori is a I expert, not an Tupac expert. And Natalie, no, I'm not Holloway. an expert. But she went went missing on a class trip in like 2005, maybe, and they always suspected that this kid Joran Vandersloot had killed her. Was the last person that she was seen with. He was a Dutch national. But he like played a bunch of games and he confessed and then he wouldn't confess and he like they couldn't ever like pin it on him. And so then f- fast forward several years, her family's still looking for her. She's still nowhere to be found. They can't figure it out. He gets he kills another girl, like a 21-year-old Peruvian, I think, woman, and kills her. So ends up getting convicted for a crime there. Still tries to extort money from Natalie Holloway's family, and that's actually what he was sentenced for in Alabama. But part of the plea deal was he had to admit what happened and from start to finish tell the story of how he killed her, which wow. it was violent and really brutal. And I think... He like told it in front of everybody? I think you have to tell it in front of the court, I, yeah. but like her family gets to hear, which I mean is terrible and wonderful. Also, like they want closure because can, I can't even imagine like ha- actually having children of my own. I cannot imagine not knowing what happened to them. Just like the hole that would be in your heart and her parents have been tirelessly searching forever and, and dealing with this. Like, can you imagine talking to your daughter's killer? And he's trying to extort money from you. Just disgusting. But I think what is most upsetting to me about the whole thing, besides her just her being murdered, was he was like 17 or 18 years old when he killed her. And I, I am like shooketh. Like I can't imagine how diabolical and evil you have to be at that age to commit that crime and then play all the games that he did and torture the family and then kill someone else and just like, what? So it's been... How many years? Since 2005. Wow. So 18 years that they've been dealing with this. So God bless. I mean, I'm happy for them to have closure, but wow. Wow. Do you think he'd change as a person or is he like the same? I don't know. I mean, I like that's a whole other different discussion. It's like, does prison rehabilitate you? I I have no idea. But I mean, wow. uh, you know, he's pretty evil. Like, so I I'm pretty sure. Again, I am not an expert, but like, I'm pretty sure for the second girl, he was like in a casino gambling with her, and maybe. I heard two. St- I heard one of two versions. I heard one that he made sexual advances and she denied him and he killed her, which is what happened apparently with Natalie Holloway. And then I heard a second version that he was in the bathroom and she was like searching him up to figure out who he was on the internet. She didn't know. And he walked in on her doing that and killed her, which I don't know how we know any of this because the only two people that were there, one of them's dead and the other one's a liar. So like, I don't know how we know this, but (laughs) it's awful. But like, wow. Wow. So for any true crime lovers, that was yeah. kind of breakthrough. I don't know, man. Whenever I watch like Forty Eight Hours or like Dateline, like I just get super sad. But wait, like it's it sixty does. minutes of just like terribleness. You know, and and s- I know so many people 
that love true crime stuff. And I'm one of them. Like, I will listen to true crime things. And it wasn't until someone, I don't even know where I'd heard it, but, like, maybe a therapist was like, you really have to be careful what you're, like, consuming because it does start to affect you. And I, you know, could see that maybe my thoughts were becoming kind of dark and, like, maybe I should be finding something shiny happier because it does start to, like, you think that you're immune to it, but... I, if all you're hearing is bludgeoning and murder and rape and whatever, oh it's God. going to have some effect. Yeah, you're going to feel heavy. You know who watched a lot of true crime? Who? My freaking mom, dude. Really? Dude, Kelly Myers, she, like, as a kid, and I, I don't blame her because she'd watch a lot of, like. As a kid? What true crime was there when she was a kid? No, no, as when I was a kid. Sorry. Oh. When I was a kid, she was watching a lot of true crime, and she would get, and I, I think rightfully so because now I've seen some true crime stuff. Is she would get like really paranoid. Like she'd be like, if you go outside, you're gonna die. Well, I do when you I know? when I walk and to my car, I feel like there's always someone going to murder me. Like I'm getting murdered. Yeah. Or like what's up with that? So I'll tell you, Grandma Mary, so my um ex mother in law, who's actually like a saint. I, I mean, she's the nicest, you know, you met her. She's the nicest person you'll ever meet. But every time I come home, she has figured out somehow. There's like a an all the time twenty four hours a day seven days a week unsolved mysteries channel, like Robert Stack from the eighties, and it's always on. And I'm like, is she plotting something? What is what is she up to? Because I cannot turn my TV on without it going to unsolved mysteries, and someone is eighties <laughs> style getting murdered or something bad is going to happen. So, yeah, there's a lot yeah. of true crime. You know, I met this uh, security guy, and he does a bunch of protection for churches or whatever. Like, we were at church, and he was, like, in the corner. He had a gun on him, and he was saying that it was kind of interesting model for churches to pay security guards because, like, all, like, the attacks that have happened and the recent attacks, like, on churches. And he was, like, when he goes out, he'll, like, map an area. Like, who's going to come at him? What's going to happen? You know, and it's, like, just a crazy way to live. Yeah, I was listening to something the other day that was talking about a um, a school shooting, and the there was an a officer on duty, and he basically went the opposite way of the shooter and like did like didn't do whatever he was supposed to do to like thwart more killings, right? And he was actually charged in the crime because he, but I I mean like. That's tough because can you imagine running toward a kill? I mean, I know that they're trained to do it, but can you imagine, like, you can yeah. be trained for it to the nth degree and then when the, it actually hits the fan, lose all your nerve and become afraid because that would be, like, natural human instinct. So, like, I just, man, that's tough. And God bless everyone who, like, signs up for that. I mean, there there are legitimately police officers currently – at every one of my kids' schools daily. Wow. You have to be buzzed in, buzzed out. Like, it's, you know, stuff to, you know, make you feel safer. But it's just terrible that, like, they'll never know school without a police officer. Does anybody in school, like, like, do do your kids or anybody you know, like, just ditch school, like, either they're in school and they just leave for, like, lunch or just leave to go? No, but my kids are young. Well, your well, your oldest graduated, right? Yeah, yeah but no, he didn't. He didn't do that. Mm-mm. We see that all the time. We would just like we would dip, but no one like watched you. You know, you kind of just like you kind of go. But now yeah. I imagine like it's locked down, and it's crazy that I think America's like one of the only I think the only country that has school shootings. It's like is it really? I think so. That's I mean, I could be totally wrong. Like, correct that's me, but tragic. Yeah, it's just it's I don't gross. hear about it. It's pretty gross. It's terrible. But other 90s news. Let's move on to happier, maybe not happier. What's the transition? We always go from, like, really heavy transitions to, like, we just, well, I mean. Did you see the Today Show? And I I said Natalie Holloway was 90s, but she's not 90s. It was in 2005, so I was wrong. But the other night, an an actual 90s happening, goings on, is that I guess Britney Spears wrote a book. Yeah. And it's controversial because she's kind of controversial but like i guess one of the first things that was leaked i don't think this thing's out yet but i'm for sure gonna read it um 
is that she had an abortion with Justin Timberlake's baby when they were like teenage pop stars. Oh my god! And so that's heavy. And I I wonder if it will do anything to his popularity. Yeah, some people yeah have views on that, you know. But I mean, I think forgive. forgive well, I mean, uh, like, can you imagine being his spouse? And you didn't know anything about it, oh and this yeah. is how you find out. Like, I just think, oh. wow. And it may, and I also wonder, do you think Britney Spears really wrote that book? I don't know. Do you think it was Britney AI? Spears? Did you ever see the Britney Spears doc on Netflix? All of there were a couple of them. Oh, the, of I cried. I did. Of course. Well, I didn't. I cry. cried. Well, they like enacted that law that was like, like they took over her life or whatever, and her mom like Cons- ruined conservatorship. Yeah, conservatorship law in Cali and. It was so sad that she like shaved her head and she did. So I, I stand well, all for of that Brit. is talked about in the book. Oh, I got to read the book. So Britney Spears and it's it does seem like everybody's writing a book, which does make me wonder if it's like, is it a ghostwriter? Is it because of AI? Oh my or gosh, are they AI really writing books? Because Jada is writing a book too. Like, wasn't that what Jada and Will's recent thing is yeah, she's coming she, out with a memoir she called she said like chris rock's her brother or something stop she said she I, I read that today she said like chris rock is my biological son that's not true she didn't say that. so jada's writing a book i did read will smith's book everybody's writing a book we gotta write a book i don't let's have write about anything insurance to write about we're so passionate no, about insu- no one is gonna read an insurance insu- book I, so I think people will if we don't sell it as insurance we sell it as the problem they're facing. You want to Here it is. them. I'm not joking. Jada Pickett-Smith calls Chris Rock her brother in new memoir. Okay, but that just means, like, he's my bro. Oh, not yeah, like yeah. he's my biological brother. <laughs> like, man, the rumors that are started in this room are yeah, intense. They're intense, yeah. So. Wouldn't that be a crazy plot twist? Chris Rock is, hook that. Chris Rock. You know, here's how here's how clueless I was when that whole thing happened, when Chris Rock was slapped by Will Smith because he had made a comment about G.I. Jane, I think. And because Jada's head was shaven, I thought I legitimately I didn't know anything about her alopecia. I didn't know she like was doing it in response to like losing her hair Uh, because she has a Jada. She has a beautiful face. So I just there are people that just shave their heads. I just thought, man, that's brave and she looks stunning and like i had no idea and the amount of people that like came to her defense and that whole thing about how and i i imagine alopecia especially for a female is very traumatizing i completely understand but i was just clueless i had no idea that she actually had a condition i just thought she was really brave and she has a beautiful face like i just thought it looked good on her yeah I don't know if I could do it. but Did you do the bald look? I don't know. What if you get all your hair off and you have a weird shape and head? Oh, I've thought about that because my hairline is receding. I mean, you guys can tell, but it's bad, dude. And, and you, I mean, but for guys, it's like not, it's a whole other. Oh, for a girl, yeah. For a girl, a guy, it's like. It's like a death sentence. Well, it could be a death it sentence. It could be really traumatic. And what if you have a weird shape and head? Seriously, these are my fears. Talking about girls, have you seen that? I don't know if it's Joe Biden, but they, they're they calling all the women to war. Women no. have been summoned as a draft. They've been they've well, been begotten. Well, first of all, the draft doesn't exist anymore. There was something about women. What's you the You got to get your facts straight before you start quoting because I, I'm going to quote. Fact check me. I don't think the draft has existed since Vietnam. U.S. Sure. Congress moves closer to making women register for the draft. 2023. I don't know, but man. All these girls are going around. They're like, catch me on a tank. Oh, I'm going to get, I hope they have snacks out on war. You know, I'm going to be on the field of battle. Give me my, uh, my Stanley cup. Stop. I want my Stanley cup full of ice. That and is flax seed. That is absurd. Shy. That is absurd. No one. No one feels that way about a Stanley While Cup. women officers Ching. and en- enlisted <laughs> personnel ser- uh, serve with distinction in the U.S. Armed Forces, women have never been subject to selective service, but they could. 
Joe Biden, they dude. Could, but Joe Biden's about to go out, and he said, "My last action is to draft all the women." Okay, <laughs> they could get called a draft, it. but the regular draft would yeah. have to be reinstated. Period. Yeah. Because if I if we got drafted, we'd be so fricked. Like, can you imagine drafting American, like like Gen Z and like millennials? No, like, we would just be like. I don't know. I'm about to say some b- bad they, comments. They, so I don't want to say that. I mean, <laughs> they play a lot of video games yeah. that are violent, so they have some practice, right? I don't let really me, know. Let me press this control, controller I mean, I on st- the field of I battle. I still think that the synapses are firing the same that are, like, make you – you're probably getting the same glorification from doing it on a video game. I don't know, man. Simulation. As a kid, as a young lad, I would like glorify war. I'd be like, I'm going to be a Navy SEAL. I'm going to go out. I'm going to train. I'm going to do all these things. And then as you get older, you start seeing like what war is actually like. And it's like, it's terrible. PTSD, um, death, like you lose everybody. Getting close to people and then they die around you. Oh, my you. gosh. I can't even imagine. Like, what is that like? It's like the special tactics that go into like trying to like foil and you know foil <laughs> we're gonna foil your plan like you try know? to like, like trick the enemy like uh, i think it's all it's a lot it's so. pretty intense but yeah i hope we don't have to have a draft i mean i i can't believe we're in a we are still having wars honestly yeah it's i mean it's really sort of there's what's going on right now it's crazy it's, you know it's it's like tragic it's sad it seems very outdated and barbaric yeah you know did you know like in world war ii like i don't know the exact number but it was like there was like thousands dying per the hour and it was like sure it was like great like americans i mean war is a bad idea anyway today with nuclear weapons like it just seems like everybody could have their finger on the trigger and it's Really kind of yeah, terrifying. Yeah, what it's like to run like a like we run a little insurance biz, you know. You wonder what it's like to run a country. country? Yeah. Like, um, well, a, I'm gonna <laughs> say we're not qualified. <laughs> we're not qualified for it, um, dude. I don't know if you build a if you build a big enough insurance biz, could you run a country? No. I think <laughs> that my question. It's a really hard. I mean, it, like, so here's the thing. They talk yeah. about the president of the United States is always the most powerful. Powerful person in the world. Yeah. Automatically. That is pressure. I will say Obama seemed to age in his eight years in office. His hair went gray. Just, I think the stress, if you take it seriously, and we've definitely had some presidents that don't take it seriously. Yeah. But if you take it seriously and you are like truly lamenting and like in turmoil over some of the decisions you have to make. That is not a job that sh- I mean, it, we I yeah. feel like I feel like as of late, it's it's all taken very lightly. It doesn't have the same. Well, you, that's interesting. And I I won't speak about if I'm pro Trump or not. But let me tell you something about Trump. Little Donald Trump. That man is like 80, 70 years old. And he like just kind of floats through life like he ran for us four years. He's get, trying to get impeached. He's, like, taking mug shots, and he just flies around in his little plane, and he's like, I got a billion dollars, and he, like, just says the craziest stuff. And well, he, you see. He looks like he's not stressed. Have you seen? He why like, I He seems a little not in touch with reality, though. I think he's a little out of I it. I think he's just, like, I don't know. I don't I don't know him. Yeah. I loved him on The Celebrity Apprentice. Like, that's what oh, I will say. Oh, The Celebrity Apprentice I loved the. It, I loved Apprentice. Yeah. I loved Celebrity Apprentice. But as my president, some of that stuff is not as funny. Like, yeah. it was funny on TV. You know, it's maybe not as funny. When he, you're he always looked like he was like, whatever shot was taken at him, he, I'll give him this. Whatever shot was taken at him, he looked like he, like, just kind of floated through it. It looked like he didn't, like, hold the stress. Well, I imagine if you're Donald Trump, you are having shots fired all the time. You all just, the time. You just have to shake it off because it's all the time. That's all the time. But have you seen this thing that's like, um, we probably talked about it. Like supposedly the Simpsons 
somehow predict oh my God. all of the th- these things that Who's are going to happen. Who's writing The Simpsons? Okay, so so I we like read a lot about it, and what like what the writers will say is like when you just get enough smart people in a room that are paying attention to like current events. You'll get some, you'll be able to guess and predict some of this stuff. It's not like we're I call BS on that. Okay, no. But all of this to say, <laughs> yeah. one of their most recent potential predictions yeah. is that in 2028, Ivanka Trump will run for president. <gasps> so I could see that happening. Yeah, I mean it doesn't feel that far off, but like it, if years. it doesn't feel that far fetched. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. Freaking the Trumps, man. They just the pull hell? like the bushes or whatever, like just one after, after the other, after the after other, after another. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. So, um, okay. So, last thing that I yeah. need to talk to you about <laughs> before we talk, sure. Before we talk about what we're really here to talk about, um, get the views. Are you watching? So, I had a client this week who told me, yeah, she's like, "What are you watching?" Like, we're just having chatter just chatting and she's like you have to watch naked attraction have you seen what? it no, i see naked and afraid uh-uh. naked attraction what's naked attraction disturbing what's the premise so it's in great britain Oh, all which details. evidently and i don't know if this is true we should fact check this but based on the show i'm guessing circumcision is not as big a thing in great britain as it is in the united states whoa but i don't really know that i didn't look it up but all i'm saying is yeah. you get to see so like the person the the contestant i guess has like five different people and it starts with like a screen that's being raised and it starts from he- like the waist down so you're just and they're naked so you're just looking at it's like one person on this side and they're like they're like seeing other people. And then five people okay. completely stark naked. Yeah. And the screen raises to their waist and you're just basically looking at their genitals. I mean that's that's all you can I mean that's legs and that's it. And so wow. then they they have to like Make an assessment. Are they talking to him? At, like, no. Are they like any no. speech going back and forth? Nope. No. It's just it's the, the host and the contestant. They're having banter. And then. The guy standing here is not naked, right? The contestant is not naked. <laughs> no. The con- and, and the host is not naked. The either. host is not naked. <laughs> okay, but cool. listen, okay. Everyone's so it goes up to their waist. You have to, you have to uh, eliminate someone based on only seeing that part of their body. Then it oh, goes, so then degrading. it goes up to here. Like it's doesn't have their face yet. And so you get to see more of their body. And then you have to make a cut based on that view. Is the TV blurring out? No. Oh, you're seeing this? Yes. That's what I'm saying. When I just said, I've seen a million uncircumcised peni. Oh, you, what is this like? It is a show. That's what I said. I go, girl, what, what station is this on that you're watching this? What are you watching? Late night HBO? um, No, it's Max. Oh, Max. So oh, okay. then the third cut is like you get to see their face. Yeah. Then you I think the last thing you get to hear their voice. Like they say something and then you get to like make a determination after you hear their voice what, and what make do they a cut. Say? Well just like anything but it's just like does their voice match their body? What Maybe I thought so. it would be yeah. or like whatever. And then they have two people there. They the contestant leaves and has to take their clothes off, comes back naked in front of the last two remaining, and then she gets she or he gets to make their final determination and then they go on a date, like a proper date with this person. And lots of like lesbians or like, you know, bisexual or whatever. Wow. So it's the weirdest, and and like I made it through four episodes, just because it is was. Is it a new people group each time, or is yeah. it like the same? Okay. And I made it through four episodes because yeah. it was just on, and I wasn't really watching it. But like, it's just weird. It's a wow. weird show. 
It's a weird show. Do you build, like, you know some dating shows, or maybe, like, Love is Blind or stuff, like, do you build a connection with them? Is that happening in this, or is it just no, pure, like... No, it is purely based... It's called Naked Attraction. Wow. It's, like, you are attracted or not, and then they go on a date, and then afterward they interview them, like, how was your date? Do you think you'll go out again? That's it. Like, Ugh. it's such a weird... I. Almost feels like kind of grotesque, it, like kind of like the Hunger Games. Well, it know? just like, it it just like feels like the longer the further we go in time, the more outrageous things have to happen to try to capture our attention. Yeah, like yeah, naked Survivor, weird, right? Like that's weird. <laughs> why go naked? Like why why naked? First what of all, would be the weirdest like naked show. Like all of naked them. Price is Right. You all know? of them. <laughs> Naked Wheel of Fortune. All of them. <laughs> like, just, why do we have to do anything naked? Oh, gosh. Or, like, you know, when Survivor, was it Survivor? Fear Factor. Just uh, turned into, it wasn't really factor. about fear. It was just, like, eat really awful animals or things yeah. or bugs. And that th- that's what's fearful. Like, some of this stuff is just. So, anyway, it's much. on HBO. I, HBO I'm not, I am not recommending it. It's on Max. It's not even called HBO. Anymore. Oh, yeah, called Max. Max. That's such a bad market. I'm not even it. recommending it because yeah. it's not like I wasn't entertained by it. I, I'm not dying to see it, but it's out there. You know, HBO comes out with some out-of-pocket shows. Like they did um, – I don't know if you heard of Nathan Fielder. Oh, my gosh. He did a show. Like it was weird. He was like He was like trying to replicate people's lives. It was funny, but he would like see a group of people or like a person – and he would like go reenact their life and like everything about it. Like he would hire a cast of people to play every part of their life and then like invite so them weird. into it. It's like so trippy. They come out with some I like think there are some pretty cool original programming shows on HBO. Yeah. But this one I could have done without. Yeah. So naked yeah, attraction. That's funny. Naked disturbance. Like I just was like, oh, I don't I shouldn't be seeing this. Yeah, I can't believe that's just, like, available. Like, I feel like that needs to be censored, you know? Yeah. They censor naked and afraid and stuff. Like, Well, I mean, HBO can do whatever they want, though. Oh, yeah, you pay for that subscription. So, yeah. it is what it is. But, anyway, those are current topics. We should talk about what we're really here to talk okay, about. Okay, so, let's talk about building this week. Like, what, what were some of the most craziest things that happened this week building? I would say whenever you launch a new lead source, you got to have like everything fall in the line, right? You got to have like the, you got to actually be able to dial the leads, you know, you got to be able to like convert fast. Your tech has to work. I spent like five to 10 hours this week, like just making sure filters work and like, funnel rules are set up and like calling software companies and just like it's well like a thing. I, so what i will say about that and i'm grateful that you do all of that i think that we tend to be pretty tech heavy handed like we try to incorporate a lot of things that will make us more efficient i should say yeah. through technology not everyone does that and it's really the difference like being able to efficiently dial a lot of new prospects is the difference between thousands of dollars made or not, you know, like, and so there are a lot of call centers because in this process you've talked to, or you've heard of other call centers that are like dialing a lead one at a time. And that's how they're, there is no tech. Right. So I think technology is amazing in a lot of ways and it does make our jobs easier and it makes us more efficient I think it can be pretty frustrating sometimes because it almost never works flawlessly. Like there's always a, you got to like kind of like correct and like get to the right process, but it's never going to be like an overnight thing. It's always going to be testing and, you know, correcting and whatever. So I think that the tech part, we tend to lose a lot of patience with it because it is time consuming, but it also puts us, like, even if we're behind on our tech and we're trying to figure it out, we are ahead of a lot of people because a lot of agencies yeah. don't even employ it. And then there are some that 
do tech flawlessly that we need to aspire to be like. Yeah. Right. So there's, there are a lot of varying levels of how good you are at it. Yeah. But just like with every job, if there's technology involved and you use it well, you'll be more efficient and you'll make more money. Right. So. 100%. Yeah. And it's it's cool. Like all like the, the tech stuff coming out, like with AI and all this stuff. Like I truly think like in the next five, 10 years, like you're going to be able to just plug in your voice and AI and like replicate like an insurance sales process. I know, but that's, doesn't that terrify you a little bit? No, it's, I'm super afraid of that. I'm not, I don't know. I don't know if that'll be a thing as of yet, but you might become obsolete. Yeah, but it's whoever uses AI to the advantage. You got to build around it. Okay. So that, that was interesting. So we, we brought in all these leads and we t- we converted at like eleven percent, which is it, it got better. It started off at six percent, went to eleven. The goal is really twenty five thirty percent. Our CPA, so CPA means cost per acquisition on this new lead source is eighty nine dollars. LTV lifetime value is around three hundred. So um, we need to get that if we convert around like a twenty percent. 20, 20% is about a $50 CPA. 25, 30% is about a f- 35 to $45 CPA. So here's some. Which would freaking be sick. Here's some, like, so we talk a lot about you and I being a good yin and yang. Yeah. We pretty much have polar opposite skill sets just in all ways, like in a positive way, because it's a nice balance. Um. So this week, Dakota was in his feelings about, like, how we were progressing on this new lead source because yeah. the percentages weren't where they needed to be. Absolutely. And so I had to remind him it's a build, too. Like, you're not going to start out at 100%. Um, and I remember – I can remember in my career when, like, my leader had a talk with me that was, like – because I, I came in, I, like, I took on a new role, and it, it put me in charge of, like, a lot of other store leaders. And so I was like, the goal is the goal. Just go get the goal, because that's how my brain works. Like, how can you celebrate them being short of the goal? And she's like, Lori, like, they're not, just because you started a new role, they're not going to be great at it. They weren't great at it yesterday. They're not just all of a sudden going to make the goal and be great at it today. Like, yeah. you have to celebrate that they increased by 20% or that they you know, increased by 30% or whatever it was. And so I know that was like a really tough lesson for me to learn. It was very eye-opening. And this was one of those instances like it today, this week, where I said, okay, Dakota, but yeah, it's not all at 100%, but there is improvement. Like we were gaining it, we're gaining traction every day. Um, Because it, it, it can be, it can feel very overwhelming, especially for you, I think, because you're so in it. Like you're, you are handling all of the behind the scenes stuff. And so when it doesn't come off without a hitch, you take it personally. And so, you know, to be there to remind you and to kind of help you reset your clock, I think is important because otherwise, if you start to feel down about it, then it could affect your sales process. It could affect your sales and it all just kind of is a big snowball effect. Right. So yeah, I think, it, I think it's good to be good about it. It's just you also want to look at the numbers too, because if if we if we don't, like it's eight thousand dollars a yes. month to yes, but you want to like there's a difference between if you can see steady progress, that's a win. But if you see that it's stagnant, then you or it's losing money, then you know it's not working, right? Yeah. But you but celebrating the tiny wins, we all have to be reminded to do, but. If we didn't, this could become a very somber operation. Oh, yeah. It's become somber before. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just heavy. It's a lot. And a lot, yeah. you're always embarking into new things. And and these calls that are being made are not as much fun as what we really have built our business on. Yeah. Like when people come and look for you and you're kind of the celebrity in the transaction, you were the sought out one, that feels a lot different then yeah. you're cold calling essentially a stranger yeah. and trying to like build rapport, get their trust, all of this in like a very short amount of time and keep them on the phone and make a sale and get yeah. them to give you a lot of really personal information. So I think 
already that interaction is set up to be a lot more challenging because there's a lot more like it's not as much fun. It's a totally different model for sure. Yeah. And it needs a and that's one thing I'm kind of like going back and forth is like between this campaign and other campaigns is like it's a whole mindset shift and it's a lot to carry mentally like uh, it, it's it'd be really hard to build a team like one team has to do one thing cuz to like go mentally change all right I'm in this in this mode versus selling a private I think mode. all the time like because we've been at this for a long time yeah I, you know sometimes when I think through a complicated situation and I just know what to do and all how to make all the parts work because yeah. I've done it for so long but there are times when I get off the phone and I'm like, oh, Christ, how could I ever teach someone from scratch to do what I just did? Because yeah. it feels, and not that I'm like a genius and the only person that can do it, but it's like there are so many moving parts. Yeah. And it, like as a new agent, I do think this was a benefit to us from where we came from is that we really only had one product portfolio to learn. And we didn't realize it at the time, but that was quite beneficial because you became really an expert at that one product and you kind of learned insurance in terms of that product, right? Yeah. And then we came out like, and we learned all the other products. That to me was an, a simpler transition, although there are a lot of people that have a much, <coughs> much harder transition that yeah. the opposite way. But like for me, that makes sense because I learned one product really, really well, became the expert at it, learned about insurance along the way and all the nuances there, and then was able to bring that out to a million products and apply what I already knew, and that was an easier transition for me. But, I mean, I could probably argue it either way. But Yeah, no, definitely. So that, that was really fascinating. Two other things happened this week that were just interesting. So in the game of insurance, you recruit other agents. Like you help them with contracts. You give them better deals. There's a lot of exchange happening. And so we have a, a subline agency under us. And I get a call. And so this, let me, let me give you more context. Guy calls us. He's like, hey, I need help with these carriers. Okay, great. Who are you? Oh, I run this agency, blah, blah, blah. And he recruited a couple people. Well, then I get a call from some random number, I want to say, like, three, four days ago. And he's, like, pretty much like, hey, we're trying to figure out where contracts are. We let someone go. And, um, like, this is my – this is our agency. Like, I'm a partner in it. And I'm like, well, I, I'm so sorry. Like, he had said that he ran the agency, you know. And so we had put some contracts under his name. And so it was a whole mess. But this guy was just a employee – for this other agency. And he was trying to like snake some of the agents and put them under his name and everything, which I thought was really fascinating. You know, I was like, well, wow. I, so I, I got it cleared up, but it I was, feel uh, like that's pretty common. It's common. It was just the first time I've ran into it from that like position from this vantage point. But this I think point, yeah. that happens all the time. It happens all the time with yeah. agents. Yeah. Forming like alliances or allegiances, whichever, whatever yeah, the word yeah, is. Both, and both, they yeah. like are, you know, making moves and there's a coup and everybody's going to jump ship yeah, and they're yeah. going to like, I think that happens a lot. Oh yeah. Um, but honestly, let me just say, yeah, we've had a couple times in this journey where we've put a contract under someone and then we've made a different choice. And so we had to get released and go recontract. <laughs> I'm so not interested in contracting anymore. Like, it's so much work. And and this person wants you to take a test. And this these people want you. And you have to do this. And there are, like, so many hoops to jump through that I'm just like, oh, my God, never again. Like, it's so exhausting. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and releasing an agency, if you ever, like, build one, guys, it's tough. Like, not just you, but you got to get, like, all this paperwork signed. It's a whole And thing. a lot of these carriers want you to, like – sign an oath in blood that you will give them everything, <laughs> including your firstborn child to right. like contract with them. And you're like, Whoa. Or they're like, Oh, you have to go align. You're not big enough or you can't give us enough volume. So you got to go put yourself under another FMO that you don't know anything about. And you know, we've been so burned by dishonest people in insurance that it's scary to think about going under any FMO and you go under some of these people yeah, and they can hold you captive. 
Yeah, they won't. Like, if you want to leave, they can say, not until six months down the road will we release your your contract. Like, they just get to decide, which really sucks. And if you write anything in the interim, you've just reset the clock because six months from the last application that you've written is when we'll release you. So it's just, like, such a mess. And it... We've had to release a couple people, and we were gems about it because we had have such PTSD from how it can go that I don't want to do that. Like, if you want to be somewhere else, go wherever you're going to write the most business, do the best by your clients, and be the happiest. Like, Godspeed. But that is 100%. not how people feel. Yeah. 100%. Pick your mic up. Oh, frick. So that is not how people feel. So um, check this offer out. So I talked to this guy who runs this uh, – 200 agents, 200 agent call center agents, so W-2. They have, s- you want to talk, we're, we're building SEO pages, and we're doing trying all that. Guess, just say guess how many landing pages they have out. 13. 16,000. Stop. 16 mother trucking thousand. So, meaning 16, you have. 16,000. Meaning you have to own 16,000 domains. Yeah, I don't know how they did it, but they have, they fill all these call centers plus overflow. But he said they have so much volume in that they have an they have an increase of twenty thousand leads hitting their system daily, and they have to sell it because no one's like dialing it. And so they made this offer. It's called the endless lead offer, and they have it for every line except private under sixty five. Because no one can figure out no one, private no under sixty five except healthcare.com. <laughs> <laughs> no one can figure it out. It's imp- it's, it's a really yeah, I challenging. Don't know. I think it's because like the li- LTVs, like lifetime people are switching, and the products are they're a different type of game to sell versus like ACA versus other ones, Medicare and stuff like that. But yeah, so here's the number. So for um, term and FEX or final, final expense, expense, it's six hundred fifty dollars a week, tax included. Unlimited leads, as much outbound, as much outbound, as, as you much want. as you can do, as much as you can do. Yes, that's insane. Yeah, ACA is seven hundred and fifty bucks a week. Unlimited leads, Medicare is seven fifty as well. But if you get an ACA seat, that includes um, life in there. Medicare not because there's different guidelines and stuff. Um transfers if you want transfers i think they were like 40 to 60 a call but he uh this guy was funny he was like they frick he said the other word but he was like they're amazing um so yeah 16,000 but yeah landing pages 20,000 fresh leads hitting a system day. a day and i just like how many people are out there daily uncovered Looking for coverage. Doesn't that seem astounding? Because he's yeah. one, that's one company. But they're selling to multiple, but yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, there are multiple companies that are out doing the same thing and claiming huge lead numbers. Yeah. I just, man, if that many people are legitimately out looking for coverage, our country is in ruins. Like, yeah. It's, that's terrifying, actually. Yeah. So I thought that was that was a really good offer. I was doing the math because on live transfers, like if we were doing the ACA model, it's twelve hundred dollars a week to fill an agent with thirty calls a day. So six six thousand, no, around five thousand a month. Um, if you if you could get the same intent and closing ratio with seven fifty a week, I don't know. You can test it different ways, but. I thought that it was really interesting. It would get the average lead down to like four to six dollars versus like ten. Wow. So thought that was really fascinating. But um, but yeah, so it's a good offer. I'm seeing this tech Monday, but I don't think we're gonna do it. I think I think that um, my thoughts are like with our current forest right now, like we that would be more so like in February. Like we, we it doesn't make sense for that volume if someone's not going to sit in a seat for eight hours a day, eight hours a day to dial like because at 200 leads a week, what we're getting right now, 
um, we we can we're not even meeting it all day. You know what I'm saying? So if we w- it would cost more per agent because you got to buy it per seat. So I think I think something like that makes sense if we can't. And I think we can get the model up with this, but the leads are going to stay between eight and ten dollars, right? If we can get it down to four to six, we'll like double it. We could double our production. Those are my thoughts. Hmm. No, but I thought that was a really cool offer, and I think around if we ever. You know, I talk about building a team, 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 and I think we're a while out. But if we ever did a like a life team, I think that's a really good offer because we have not. We're just still figuring out marketing on health. Like if it costs so much money to figure out marketing, well, if there you could is figure out life. So I, you know that that other agency for life that we oh, partnered are with, yeah. partnered with, they really are kind of disrupting. Oh, the game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they. They're growing very quickly. Yeah, they're like 400 agents. Yeah, in, in a year. It's crazy. Right? And it very it, it does seem, and multiple offices, all kind of Florida-ish, right? Yeah. Um, but, the, you know, I, I think the culture is unreal. They're definitely, I've definitely seen along the way where people were like, this is not the culture for me. But... That was much fewer and further between. They've yeah. they figured out a way to find the people that that speaks to, and and there is in in insurance especially. I think there is just a large percent of the population that if you can just show them how to make money and show them like that it's possible, like show people actually winning at it, you can do almost anything, and they're gonna ride or die. Yeah. And they've found those people. And I yeah. think, like, God bless. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, um, I, I saw one agent, that that cowboy guy, he did, like, 120000 in a month. That's, like, $120,000 in commissions. I was like, but he's up to, like, 4 a.m. He'll be like, I'm up to the office to 4 a.m. Then he'll be up at 7. You know, I'm like, dude, this is a different, this is a different hustle, you know? So, Yeah. Him. So, good you know, him. and the thing about – Life insurance versus health insurance. Yeah, is that life insurance typically is advanced. So when, whenever you're advanced on a commission, you you have to keep going because your check will drastically change the next month if you didn't replace that business, right? Mm-hmm. Because they paid you for nine months of the future, and now they're not going to pay you again. Like it's over, game over. Yeah. So you get that one big check. And then if you don't replace that money, you will feel it the next month. Where health, I mean, we have we didn't start out advancing. I don't personally like to advance. Um, but, like, you know, the nice thing about not advancing is if you don't work, your check is kind of still the same typically because the same people are on the books. And as long as they continue to pay their premium, like, you, you don't see it fall off a ton. So that would be the pros and cons of advancing versus not. Yeah. But I think, I wonder if he's advancing. He probably is. Yeah, all of them, yeah. And, like, that's so much money. And if you're not, again, like, that that like that lifestyle, like, what he is describing will lead to such burnout because you can't keep at that pace. And I I think I've seen him on a training or something, and it's not like he's a teenager. Like, he's not a spring chicken. I mean, he's like an, <laughs> a middle-aged guy. I haven't heard him. Is he cool? Yeah, I mean, super helpful. Yeah. Super friendly, very affable, very like anything I can do to help anyone, like let's go, which is gr- awesome. Like pay it forward. That's great. But not like, I mean, again, like yeah, you got to sleep sometimes. You yeah. can't live off of Red Bull and, you know, yeah. cocaine. I, I, like, I don't know what's <laughs> – like at some point it's just like – yeah. It burns out. You can only do that lifestyle for maybe a couple of years. At that pace, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Like, so anyway, but God God bless. I mean, like, good for him because he's fairly new at the game. Yeah. He has not done life before. He did health before. He came from the other company that we left. And that, I think, also, this agency has really disrupted that organization. Yeah. Because they've How recruited. How many agents do you think? I don't know, but I got on a training, and it was like, Everyone either still had the logo in their like profile picture, yeah. 
or they would say like, I'm so-and-so from this, I'm also from this company. And so it was pretty astounding. I mean, it was enough that I was like, man, they are really disrupting things. Like they're really causing a ruckus. Yeah. And they're, they set out to, and like, good for them. Like, hell yeah. I mean, like if, you know, I'm, I mean, no shame in their game and I think it's awesome, but they are, they're one to watch for sure. One to watch for sure. Okay. So let's talk about, I thought this one was like really interesting. So let's say you're on a call with a client. What are like, could be health or life. Let's go health because we're going to open enrollment. What are some of the like number one objections you get? Like, what, what do they say on the phone? Like, what are people thinking before? I think this is important for people who are shopping for insurance. What are they saying before they get on the phone? I, I you know, I, th- I think you? that for the average person, because they, if they don't have some sort of understanding about what insurance really costs, they're going to be sticker shocked by whatever they see. Right? Yeah. Because if they came off of an employer plan, the employer was subsidizing a large chunk of it. So they didn't really, not only did they not think it cost that much because the employer was subsidizing, but they probably weren't paying that close of attention to it because it just came out of their check, right? They just didn't, they weren't really paying attention. So then when they go out to do it on their own, they're like, what the actual hell is happening here? They have never shopped the marketplace and the marketplace has determined the pricing for all health insurance across the board. Right. So if you don't have any idea what marketplace plan coverage like that costs, then you're going to be tremendously shocked. Whatever I show you. Right. Yeah. And I don't. uh, So I just think like to the average person, because they don't understand it, they have no if they've never tried to shop it on their own or never gone to the marketplace, they're going to be sticker shocked. So I I always think price is an objection. Um, But I think you can hit that early on and you should because I don't I don't want to spend a half an hour 45 minutes an hour however long it's going to be with someone making them fall in love with something they can't afford so like you want to hit it pretty early on like what are your expectations are they reasonable or not right yeah so I think that's an objection um I, I don't know I I like you are at this for so long you feel like the objections are I probably get them, but don't even feel like I do anymore because you're so adept at overcoming them. Let me say it this way. What are preconceived notations before someone... Notions. Yeah. Preconceived notions. Notions. Notations? Not notations. A notation is a note. Are you taking a note in your notepad? Preconceived notion. Notion. About yeah. health coverage? Yeah. Health I don't, give me an example of what you're... Because I don't, kn- I don't understand You don't understand the, the, the question. question. Okay. So someone is shopping for a plan. Uh-huh. What are some things that... They go, like, what are the biggest pain points that they're like, man, like, I'm really dealing with this, and I, I need to solve this, or I don't know how to solve it? Um, I think, depending on the client, prescriptions are a sticking point, yeah. always, because f- big pharma is, like, is out there. I just, I just dealt with someone, they were taking, gosh, I'm so bad with words, is it like Lizness? What is it? Linzess. Linzess, yeah, okay. It was like a really expensive. It was like thirteen hundred dollars yeah. a month. Yeah. And you know what's crazy? We were shopping up a plan, and the plan said it like originally declined it, but then you go in and they would accept it, but they had to get a preauthorization. So some plans like you have to go through a process for them to pay uh-huh. for your medication. But I was like, man, like who's gonna pay this thirteen? This is crazy. Like who's charging thirteen hundred dollars? Well, there are plenty of people taking it. Isn't it amazing to you at this point in your career how you'll talk to clients and you'll ask what medications they're taking? And like I just had a person today, and I she's I said, what medication are you taking? She said, um, amitriptyline, and I said, oh, for migraines. She's like, yeah, and she said, um, buspirone or whatever. And I said, oh, okay, so are you seeking any counseling or? She's like, no, it's it's PRN, it's as needed. And she's like, and Junelle. And I'm like, so birth control. But like, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> like yeah. I don't, but yeah. you just hear enough things enough times yeah. and you kind of know what you're up against. Or I had a client last week that was taking, I can't remember what the medication was now, but immediately I said, okay, so have you been diagnosed as bipolar? 
And she's like, no, it's a mood stabilizer. And I'm like, well, that's bipolar. Like, that's, <laughs> that's the, like, if they're telling you that they're stabilizing your mood, it's because you're manic, depressive, or bipolar. And so that's what that medication is for. But it's it's pretty crazy how we as Americans will just blindly take any drug and we don't have any idea what it's for or really what they're saying is going yeah. on with us. Yeah, it's kind of a trip, right? So, yeah, prescriptions are a big one. I, w- I think price, you hit it like I – mean, that's w- so the cr- oh, here's the big difference between health and life insurance. Health insurance, you're solving someone's problem. I'm paying too much. I want to see my doctors. I want to keep these prescriptions. I don't want to pay a ton if something crazy happens. Kind of the main pain points. What else? Um, I'm traveling. I want to use it across state lines. I, I want my wellness covered. I want my wellness covered. Those are kind of the core things, and you're kind of solving each one of those problems, right? Or explaining to them why that really shouldn't be their concern. Or not be the concern. I would say another one that's kind of important is like, I feel like this process is going to take too long. I'm going to avoid it because I don't want to like get on the phone or like deal deal with this, you know. Um, more so, we built a brand so people like kind of avoid that. But I think. I think a lot of people feel that, and they're like, oh, my gosh, this was so easy. Well, and it, I mean, who wants to talk about insurance? Like, it, that is not a conversation, if I didn't do this, that I would want to enter into. Like, I, yeah. I mean, I understand. I like, get it too, yeah. Because if you, if you go into something and you're not the subject matter expert, that's never fun, right? Like, to go into something and be like, I'm an idiot about this. I don't know anything. That sucks. Nobody wants to do that. It's boring, like, conversation, and you think the outcome is going to be so much worse than what it is when you actually get into it. So I think all of those things make people run away from taking yeah. care of this. And it is. That's probably the most common thing people say is like, this is so much better than I thought this was going to be. I thought this was going to be a terrible process, right? Don't you yeah. get that all the time? Yeah. So, yeah, I think they do have it worked up to be something in their head than more than it is. More than it is, for sure. Um, the di- I would say the biggest difference between health and life is health. You're solving the problem. It's like life. You're making them aware of the problem. Like most people don't enter a life insurance conversation. And it's like, I know I need this much coverage. This, this, this. It's like you kind of have to like discover it together. Yes, I mean I think it. There's more discovery that happens in life insurance because. It really could run the gamut. I mean, you, like health, we have a lot of options, but they all have some commonality. Like, I, you know, I mean, I guess they're just, or or maybe I just feel like I know it better. So there's, it's not as much dialogue because they tell me how they're using their plan, what they've got going on, and I already know the solution. Maybe that's the difference. But I think the life insurance dialogue is a lot more conversation. I'm really surprised at how much longer and more involved a life insurance application is than a health insurance application. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because really the premiums are worlds apart. Worlds. I mean, if you have an individual, a 50-year-old individual on a health insurance plan, they're going to be probably somewhere in the five to $700 range, right? Yeah. You have that same 50-year-old on a life insurance plan. They could be anywhere from $50 to thousands, like depending on what they choose, right? Yeah. So, like, the premiums are vastly different. But the work that goes into a life insurance policy is so much more intense than it is for a health insurance policy. Yeah. Weird, right? 100%, yeah. Maybe it's because they're on the whole life plans they're guaranteed to pay, and they're like, on a health insurance plan, you have to pay a deductible first. I don't know. like, Or just it's like a lifelong contract with a life insurance yeah. plan versus health insurance. They're really, that ebbs and flows. You're on it, you're off, you're on, you're off. You know, like, yeah. like I've had people that are on a, pr- a private option with me, and then they go away, and then they call me again. And, like, there have been repeat clients often because things in their life change, and they're looking – to me when there's a gap somewhere, which, but life insurance, if you do it right and you ask the right questions and you do the right discovery and you really are thoughtful in the process with your client, it should be a lifelong transaction. Like it should be a lifelong contract. Like 
they shouldn't want to get on and off of life insurance plans. That's no, counterproductive. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Right. I think that's why people enter life insurance, like combos, like it's it, y- you want to have trust in who you're getting it from because it's like, man, I'm about to about to do this for the, my whole life. You know, <laughs> like yeah. it feels feels a lot more intense. You yeah. Know? So, so and you know, a lot of the people that we talk to, it's they're young because we we do deal with a lot of nurses, mm-hmm. a lot of travel nurses, and so they're young individuals. And they've never really thought about it because they don't have overhead. But I'm like, you know, the the difference of buying it now and buying it later is you lock in a rate on this premium for the next 30 years. So, like, that's a big deal. Like, this is uh, the difference between you spending thousands more to deal with it later or saving thousands now by getting ahead of it. And it's like, yeah. I, I think we're in such a different period of time like there's so much information at our fingertips all the time that more of these conversations happen when you're younger like I definitely didn't think about ever think about life insurance outside of my employer plan until I had kids until like I had a life thing that forced me to make that realization but like in my 20s if someone had like talked to me about it it would have at the time it would have been like what is wrong with you no I'm 24 years old yeah. But now you'll talk to people about it. And occasionally I'll get the people that are like, no, like I'm 24 years old. But most of the time they're like, I didn't realize or okay, like that makes sense. I probably need to do this. So I think people are more educated and they're savvier now than about probably it. a long time ago. Yeah, 100%. So I don't know. It's just it's It's interesting. It's all interesting to – how much we are a really important part of people's very important decisions. Um, and I do feel like a tremendous responsive or a tremendous amount of responsibility. I know you do too, mm-hmm. to do the right thing by people. I know the agents that we work with do, you know, because, but, but I just, that isn't always the case. And for anyone that's out there shopping, that's what I would say is make sure you feel good about, the person you're working with because that will be your liaison if things happen, right? And if you can't, if you don't feel like they're going to answer the phone or be responsive or they know what they're talking about, go with your gut because insurance products, they all have holes. They're all going to have, you know, good and bad things about them. But ultimately, if the person you're working with is reliable and they have your best interest at heart, it's probably going to end up better. So your agent's a pretty big part of it or should yeah. be. Yeah. Um, so that is like my piece of advice as people go out to do the marketplace even. Because there are, even the marketplace, guys, truthfully, there are a number of agents that are just out to, sh- we t- I think we talked about this last week, to shark existing clients from other agents and not like really care at all about what's right for the client, what they actually need, what the like what the the backstory is. They're just looking for the quick payday. Yeah. And that's rough. You know, I heard a story that's kind of funny. An agent actually enrolled themselves into a marketplace plan and went inside his Hell Sherpa or inside his like um, dashboard and uh, someone had like taken his plan and changed him. Like there's been stories of people buying like data like um, on the on the black market, and they'll get like these VAs just to go in and like change people. You That's know? so dirty. Isn't that crazy? I just like again. CMS is behind. If these people would use their powers for good instead of evil. Yeah, what they could do. Truthfully. Crazy. So, well, it's another week. Another week. It's October. Yes. It is almost Halloween, and it is 85 degrees in Texas. Let's freaking go. What? No. You want it cold? I want it cold. I want to sit in front of a fire. I want hot chocolate. I want Thanksgiving. I want to wear a sweater to Thanksgiving. I don't want to show up to Thanksgiving in a tank top and shorts. Like, this is not acceptable. Not acceptable. I'm so over this weather. And we had a little like glimpse of cool last week mm-hmm. 
And I, like, put the windows open. I turned the air off. And I was, like, really happy. Yeah. And then it was just, like, the rug got ripped out from under me. We're oh right back God. to the air being on. We, we we run our freaking air until November most years. Like, that's not. That's crazy. That's just a couple months. Yeah, but I'm ready for pumpkins. <laughs> Oh, boy. Okay. Oh, and we carve pumpkins, and because it's so hot, they're just rotting in front of our house now. They're rotting. So, anyway, it's been another week. I hope to report next week that it is cold outside and that we've had crazy new things happen in insurance and that um, the current events and goings on in the world are as abundant as they were the past couple weeks. Crazy. But until then, I am Lori. I'm Dakota. Thank you for listening to Build Ain't Easy. And until next time. Until next time. Bye. Bye.